Hi, I'm James Schillinglaw, and I'm here with Dr. Eugene Delon, who is a senior medical consultant to Allianz Travel Insurance. And of course, right now the topic du jour is COVID again and the variants that have just recently been discovered, the Omicron, um, and we were still dealing with Delta. So a lot of people are very concerned about this, uh, and, and we seem to be getting out of the woods finally, and now we have another variant. Um, my guess is we may see more variants uh, coming on, but I'm not the doctor. Dr. Delon, uh, first of all, doctor, uh, uh, how are you and where are you? Uh, good, thank you. I'm uh, in the Washington, D.C. area today. This is kind of where I live and where I mostly function out of. So uh, I've been working ER shifts mostly recently in Alabama and uh, Mississippi and a little bit in Tennessee as well. Okay. Um, now, what's your background in the medical profession and how, how have you sort of developed somewhat of an extra expertise, as I think everybody has in these days in COVID? So uh, I kind of wear two hats. So kind of what I think myself primarily, I'm an emergency physician. So I'm board certified emergency medicine trained at George Washington University. I still work probably about 100 to 150 hours per month as an active emergency room doctor. The other hat I wear is probably a little more relevant uh, to this conversation is that I'm uh, also working the travel industry. I am the work with a company uh, with Sentinel Med, which we're the background medical. Uh, piece for travel insurances, including Allianz Travel Insurance is one of our okay. big clients. So we're the guys in the background that that decide when people need to be moved, if they're getting good care, how they're, um, at what point it makes the most sense. And the I fell into that is because before my residency training, uh, I was in the Air Force and did a lot of the same thing for the Air Force, worked in different war zones, kind of making decisions on who gets moved and and uh, who's safe to travel and who's not. So that just sort of segued into this civilian version of the same type of career. No, that's great. And obviously you've seen over the past couple of years, this uh, emergence of COVID. And, um, you know, I, I'm kind of curious if you've been doing emergency medicine, are you just personally seeing more cases in recent, uh, in the recent days or weeks? I haven't. Um, yeah, a lot of it, because I travel around, I see different amounts in different places. Um, it, I'd say probably the most notable thing is I've, in my experience, I know this isn't universal for everyone, but of all the patients I've seen with COVID, I've yet to see a sick one who's been vaccinated. And I really mm -hmm. do tell people that as far as, you know, I'm a big vaccine proponent um, because I really don't see sick people from the vaccine. And I, although I know some people do get symptomatic from the vaccine, I've yet to see someone sick enough from the vaccine that they had to uh, come in and be treated. So uh, again, that's my limited experience. Doesn't mean it's universal, but it, it does speak to the volume of patients that really benefit from the vaccine and the, the very minimal risk of a downside to it. Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. You know, it seems like just yesterday, and it probably was yesterday, suddenly this Omicron uh, variant emerges. Uh, why, why did it suddenly seem to come out of nowhere? Or is this was just going to happen since, you know, this is a disease, unfortunately, that, um, you know, has going to, is going to have variants. We had the variant D and there were probably others, but there were others because there were other letters there. Um, wh why did this just suddenly happen? Well, it, I don't think like it wasn't unexpected at all. And it's like the flu. Every year we have many different strains of the flu. Right. Uh, that's what viruses do. They mutate. Uh, every year we get a flu vaccine and that flu vaccine is actually a combination of the three most common variants from the previous year. And we 
there's not enough Greek alphabets out there to name all the different varieties of the flu. And none of us really care. We just know we get flu vaccines. And so, so yeah, this is completely expected uh, that this was going to happen. And, and yeah, so I don't think it came from nowhere. I'm actually encouraged by the fact that we weren't aware of it because I think the reason is because it's such a mild form of it that right. just people aren't getting that sick. And so the South Africans were, uh, the unfortunate ones who decided to describe it. And so they, at, at least initially, were sort of blamed with the originating it, but that's not necessarily the case. It's just, we're seeing a lot of it there because their vaccination rates are so low. So they just have more COVID in general. So you're gonna like more likely to see this new variant. So yeah, that's one point I wanted to ask you because obviously they were, you know, their travel was affected right away that, uh, there were a lot of travel bans on uh, flights from South Africa, at least for South Africans. If you were there as an American, uh, you could come back. And of course, then anecdotally, we kept hearing about Americans who had been in South Africa who had come back and had COVID. So suddenly, we're going to ban South Africa and Southern Africa. And I don't know if that's the right thing to do or not. Yeah, the horse was already out of the barn at that point. I think it just, what happens is in these situations is governments feel like they have to do something to keep their people in their countries happy so they come up with these travel bans which for the majority of people who don't travel it seems like a good idea but for those right. of us who do travel it's we realize it's kind of it's really uh, it's way too little way too late and it's never going to happen anyway that's going to spread and like we saw with delta and you initially remember it was in india and and the uk and and within a week it was everywhere and this is the same thing with with the omicron and so, so these travel bans probably, you know, everybody's worried about that and uh, a lot of governments. And then, of course, uh, and, but there's infections everywhere. I mean, we had Austria just going to lockdown, which I'm not so sure is a good thing either. Uh, and they, they had nothing to do with Omicron, uh, but they were just seeing rising infection rates because a lot of them were not vaccinated. Yep. Yep. It's a, it goes back to the vaccination rate. And, you know, I think one of the my theories what's going to we're going to see happen is it's it may even be um yeah i, I don't want to predict the future and you you always get held to it when you <laughs> say something wrong but but i could see omicron actually being a positive because mm. it's if it is a mild disease but it causes our bodies to develop some amount of natural immunity for those who aren't vaccinated it may be a way of getting a mild form of the disease but it gives them then some degree of immunity to the more serious forms of the disease. So if you get the Omicron, then if you get Delta, you're not going to be as sick, or maybe you won't even get the Delta because now you've developed this immunity from a not so severe disease. And at this point, I know of no hospitalizations in the U.S. so far uh, due to the Omicron. In right. South Africa, I think they're reporting about 20% of their hospitalizations are due to Omicron, but we don't know if these people are also co-infected with the Delta variant. So, mm -hmm. so it, it could actually end up being a positive thing for us. So from, your, from what you've heard so far, uh, it, it's, what is different about Omicron than the Delta variant, as far as you know? And, and it, it, you've already said it doesn't sound like it's more deadly uh, than either the original first COVID or the Delta variant. Right. And it's without getting too technical, um, the I'll, with the previous versions, the um, especially the Delta, it had an affinity The the we hear about the spike proteins, which you are the little projections off the surface of the virus. And and those were received by receptors in the lungs, um, these angiotensin converting enzyme receptors in the lungs. So that's where what would happen is the virus itself 
isn't dangerous. If you injected a bunch into the, your body, it doesn't make you sick. What happens is it, it attaches to these cells in the lungs. It does that so it can reproduce inside of these cells in the lungs. And that's why a lot of it was respiratory. You would get the, uh, then your body would react to that sort of like an asthmatic does to pollen or, or if they're allergic to something. And they that was most of the symptomology related to it. And then the respiratory failure, whereas this new variant does not seem to have the affinity to the same receptors, you know, so we, I don't know where they are yet. It could be to the, uh, to the muscle cells though, because people are right. complaining muscle aches, kind of one of the things it seems like the predominant features are, are fever that starts at night, mm-hmm. night cuts and chills, muscle pain that resolves in a few, but really no, if any restaurant and none of the loss of taste and smell. So that really says that it's, it's going to different cells in our body, which would, to have drastically different on us and it's the respiratory problems that killed people with covid for the most part so this right. one's not affecting the lungs so i don't expect it's going to kill people now uh, we've heard a lot that omicron might be more infectious somehow and, and could spread more quickly is that true for, from what you've heard yeah it seems like it is spreading quickly but so what yeah <laughs> it'll be over with faster right that's true that's true now now i guess the question and we were talking about it earlier you know, why do so many of these variants, because I even think Delta was discovered in places like Southern Africa, South Africa, uh, why are they, is, are they just better at discovering this stuff than we are? Well, they have a whole lot more COVID because of the vaccination rates, and, and Africa as a continent is, is just horrible as far as vaccination rates. Uh, right. South Africa at 24%, I think the last time I looked is the shining star of Africa. Many of the countries are less than 1% vaccinated. So for one thing, you just, when you have a whole lot more people getting sick, you're going to have, it's going to be easier to detect a variant when it's new because right. you have more people with it in general, but also it speaks to, again to the vaccine, why people should get vaccinated, because the more that every time that this virus replicates, there's a chance that it can develop a new mutation. It's a copying error. So if you if you take a, a textbook and you keep copying it over and over again, give it to a bunch of people, there's gonna be different errors you just make when you're copying things. Right. It's not a perfect science. So, so the more chances it has to replicate, the more chance it is to, it's gonna have to uh, mutate. So, so it's a combination of things vast number of people with it, but also the ability of it to mutate as it replicates in all of these unvaccinated people. And of course, if it, it can mutate perhaps to a more benign form as well, right? Absolutely. And in and, and, and the past, that's generally what viruses do. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, hard, it's hard to replicate perfection. And so if it's too, if it's really good and it's making people sick, as it mutates, it's probably going to be less effective to get watered down. Um, that being said, the perfect virus is one that does let its host live because it depends on the host to replicate. Right. So it doesn't want to kill you too fast. It wants to reproduce before that. So if it's if it's too good, it's not going to replicate. But after a while, as it mutates, it's probably going to become less less virulent. Well, I'm starting to think of that movie Alien, that where the thing is inside you and it doesn't want to let you it lets you live, right? And so it's still yeah, it, that's right. Still has to give birth, right? <laughs> yep. Well, it's like we said, it's the same thing in war with you. You, you, you want to, it's much better to hurt people than to kill them because then you've got a bunch of sick people to, to deal with. And it's, uh, yeah, sometimes that's worse, but, but in this case, definitely it's uh, the virus wants you alive so it can replicate. Now uh, we talked briefly about it, but you know, we're seeing 
these lockdowns, uh, not lockdowns, I think in this case we've seen travel bans, but also seen a lot of sort of new protocols instituted uh, by the United States, in fact. In fact, now they have, instead of, it used to be 48 hours, you could take your antigen test before you return to the United States or whether you were a foreign national coming into the United States. Now it's suddenly 24. Um, are these correct policies or are these just uh, something to make everybody, you know, feel better and, and more secure? Well, I have a personal opinion. I don't know if I can address that professionally because it's, I think it doesn't make sense. Um, you may catch one or two more people by checking the day before, but there's still going to be the vast, vast majority of people are going to be traveling anyway, and it's not going to affect the spread of it to any really significant degree. It's, I think it's, again, people saying they want to do something that the two guys in Israel who brought it to Israel, the ones that they've traced it to, or at least one of them was at a conference in London. And he tested positive the day before he went and developed it three days later. So that's oh, wow. not going to stop everyone either. No, and, and also, you know, antigen tests are not maybe as good as the PCR and things like that. And I think, um, you know, you, you can, and actually antigen, you can get in about, you know, results back very quickly. Uh, and PCR, I'm still not quite sure why it takes that much longer for a PCR, but perhaps you can tell me, but, uh, um, you know, I, if you wanted, I always felt you can go anywhere in the world with um, uh, a uh, vaccination card, although now I've just, I'm in France right now, and uh, I had to go to the pharmacy to get my, my flimsy little CDC card verified by the French government, and then I get a little app that has my barcode on it. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish I could take that everywhere, but, um, um, and I, but I also had to pay about 30 euros for that, so I guess they got a little you know, extra money uh, on, on me, you know, the tourist spend. Um, so we have that, and that's, so you get with a PCR, you get, uh, and then you get a PCR test, you get the uh, vaccination card, and then the worst thing, you fill out the bloody health form, which is, you know, uh, in, the, in, the, in France, it, the health form was fairly benign, except it was very legal. You know, like it felt like I was signing a contract that I was, uh, you know, adhering that everything I said was correct under penalty of law or something. Um, but do you think that right now you can still say that people, if they have those things, if you are vaccinated, if you take a COVID test of some kind, hopefully PCR, and of course fill out the form, you can really travel almost anywhere except right now, maybe China, Australia, New Zealand, those kind of places. Yeah, from a medical perspective, I certainly have no hesitation traveling and for my me or my family because we're all vaccinated we're all uh you know those who are eligible have gotten the boosters as well and i go back to again to my experience in the er i'm not seeing vaccinated people sick so i i feel pretty comfortable with that uh it's it's each person's own decision if you have underlying medical problems certainly if you right. have respiratory problems and if you're treat, being treated with chemotherapy for cancer or immunosuppressants for some other uh, you know, type of disease, then maybe you should think twice. Uh, I think the other thing is with little kids, although they tend not to get sick from the previous variants, we don't know what the new variants are going to do to little kids who right. can't be vaccinated yet. So you certainly want to be more careful when traveling with children who aren't eligible for vaccines or if you've chosen not to get vaccinated for some reason. Now, uh, we go out to about 95,000 travel advisors out there. They're working with their clients and really trying to keep up to date with all the different protocols and regulations and government decisions. What, what do you think they should be telling their clients about booking travel to certain destinations, you know, like Southern Africa or even parts of Europe where, you know, they're nearby to some, some situations like Austria where 
there's lockdown. Uh, and, and we're seeing growing numbers. Should, should travelers cancel their plans to these destinations? What do you think? Yeah, I certainly wouldn't. I think in some ways it's a better time than ever to travel. My family went to London this summer and it was the best experience I've ever had in London. The lines were short. There were people were friendly. People were appreciate tourists more than they ever had. Right. Um, so I would say that, however, from a medical perspective, no problem with it. I think if you're, you'll be fine. Take precautions. Of course, you don't want to be touching things you don't have to touch and wash your hands frequently. If you're in a crowded area, it never hurts to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. But on the other side is, it, is putting my non-medical travel insurance hat on. If you ever were going to get travel insurance, now is the time to do it because right. trips may cancel, not because you're sick, but because the government decides to impose another arbitrary rule that makes no sense medically or you know, that there's flights are canceled or you're uh, a member of your party gets sick and you can't get back into the country. So that now for sure, if you didn't get travel insurance now, I certainly wouldn't. Yeah. And people are, I mean, I've seen with Allianz travel insurance, I've the, the last I looked, I think they said their numbers are up like 15% of people right. that when they, when they're flying, they're checking the box. So, um, so that certainly get insurance if you're going to go at this point, because it's for that extra money. Yeah, it's worth it. Well, I also with this new variant, I think one of the one of the, as you were talking about positives, one of the positives has been that they've seen more people trying to get vaccines. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. so that's yeah. this is another spur to getting those those um, people who are still reluctant to uh, rethink, and especially if you want to travel, I don't think if you're going to travel, I think it's very hard to travel without a vaccine, uh, a double vaccine vaccination. Yeah, and one I think also speaking to that with the vaccine, people, and I know that some people, and I get it, that if you've had uh, COVID, you say, well, I already have antibodies to it. Why do I need to get vaccinated? Um, I've heard this argument from people. There's a pregnant nurse I work with who's saying that. Why I'm pregnant? I don't want to get vaccinated. I've had it. I think with the new Omicron, that that's, that helps demonstrate why you still need to get vaccinated. If you were, if you had COVID a year ago, right? you probably have a natural immunity, but it's much more specific to the type of COVID, whatever variant it was you were infected with. Whereas the vaccines really cause you to develop a much broader immunity. So a natural infection may not produce, protect you from the future variants, whereas a vaccine would. So uh, yeah, if, if you're traveling, even if you've had COVID, get the vaccine. And would you say one of the recommendations certainly from the government has been if you have had the vaccine, uh, maybe, and it's now they've said everybody should get the booster. Would you say that that's probably a good idea too? Absolutely. The, it's uh, an ac- exponential increase in the protective antibodies and the immunity that you develop as a result of that booster. Now, uh, you talked a little bit about the pro- procedures that maybe travelers should follow if they do decide to travel, or should they do the usual hand washing, mask wearing, social distance, those kind of things still? Uh, I know. I'll be honest with you. I read somewhere, and I don't, you know, say this. A lot of this is rumor and innuendo. You hear somebody said somebody, you know, about this, and it's, you know, passed down stories, and said that you really can't get COVID from surfaces, uh, even though I mean, there's, you know, a lot of uh, travel companies spent a lot of money, um, you know, making sure that everything is clean. But I'm not sure if that's true either. Yeah, I don't know if anyone does. I, I think back to when this first started. If you remember, they were doing studies on glass surfaces versus metal surfaces. And yeah, all that seems kind of silly right now. Um, 
I'd say the easy things, there's no downside to doing them. So, uh, however, there's limitations to all that. For example, with masks, your ma a mask, a regular non, and uh, the uh, the uh, the N95 versus. Thank you, the N95. I'm blanking. The N95. We call them the duckbill masks and the masks in the ER because they look like uh, duckbills. Um, so if you don't have one of those that filters out virus particles, really the main purpose of the mask is to protect other people from you. It's protecting right. you from spreading it. So, so if you really are concerned, you should have an N95 mask on. Nice. If you're going to wear gloves, change them. Because I see people all the time, it, it kills me. They're, they're touching the buttons in the elevator with their mat, with their gloved hands, but then they're eating their sandwich with the same hand. You're like, really? That's it's a, it's the same thing as not wearing a glove. So, so if you're going to do these things, know why you're doing them, understand why you're doing them, and I I do believe there's some protection. We've like last flu season, we saw a drastic decrease in the number of flu cases we had. So something was causing that the lack of interaction we had with people. Maybe it was the masks, but no downside, but I wouldn't rely on them too much and just think about, does it make sense? Surfaces? Sure. Let's wipe them down and all, but I'm, don't be paranoid about it to the point that you're, uh, yeah, you see these people in the airport dressed in these, uh, the, these the hazmat. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, uh, that's, yeah. That too. But I I've taken sometimes if I don't feel like you know, they always, the, the flight attendants always hand you that little wipe, wipe and i sometimes don't take it anymore because I'm, I'm i'm either carrying something and said that's okay i'm already i'll be all right but that's uh uh that's i guess a personal choice about what you want to do but now let's talk a little bit sort of and close this out with by you know are, are we going to continue to see the emergence of more covid variants uh, is there any way to stop that or maybe we don't want to as we were suggesting earlier because maybe some of these variants are going to be more benign uh, and how how can we live with COVID and its variants without really shutting down the entire world again? I think they're not doing that this time so far, which I'm pleased to see. At least you know I, I you know some countries are were in the process of that were had very low vaccination rates. But uh, you know the the biggest thing for travel and for travelers is the fear that things are going to get shut down. They get stuck. Um, so far, I haven't seen that. But is is that what you're you're thinking at this point that uh, we we, we got to live with this and we got to be, be smart about it, but not disrupt everything. Yeah, it's it's the it's really the flu. It's just it's a no different than the way the flu is and was it for native or for naive populations, uh, virgin populations that have never seen the flu. It can be very deadly. Right. And that's all that this is. It was a new when it first came out. It was something so different that none of us had natural immunity to it. Um, it's, you know, you look back in history before we were all flying around the world, it would happen when, when, uh, you know, Captain Cook explored and brought diseases right. around the world with him. It's, it's no different. It's just now we travel a lot faster. So, but as our population does develop this herd immunity, the new variants will have some immunity to it. It may make us sicker one year than the other, but just like the flu, some years we see really bad strains and some years they're barely detectable. We're all going to have vaccines for this. It's going to be a yearly vaccine, maybe combined with the flu one year. And COVID to me, we've seen it. It's it's going to keep happening, but we're going to forget about it in a few years. It's going to be no different than the flu or the common cold. And I just hope there's not some new um, different virus that comes and starts the whole thing. If it does, 
maybe we'll be a little smarter and tackle it differently next time. But COVID's not it. We're 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 already there. We're on our way to becoming immune as a population to it. Well, that's good news, thank God. And then, uh, but for the moment, we're still going to have to deal with all these kind of, uh, you know, regulations and changes in policies and protocols that um, you know, we were just talking earlier before the we started the interview about, you know, it, it, what what do you do when you're 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 at sea on a on a cruise ship and you you get tested and what are they going to do, you know, if you test positive at that point and what do you you know, when you come back. And so this is, this, we're always dealing with more problems now as travelers. But the, the fact is, if you want to travel, you can today, I think. And you just have to put up with that. It's just another thing that's happening. And and it's it's truly is a great time to travel. I'm, uh, the, my experience this summer was, I think, indicative of that. It's a, and the travel industry is hungry for the business. So you will never feel more welcomed than you do now when you're going places. People, people, yeah, it's nothing like uh, like absence to to make you feel, <laughs> make people realize how important you are to them. And the industry wants us traveling, and uh, it's, it's I recommend it. Absolutely, and that's been my experience as well. It's a great time to travel. It's a great time to cruise, uh, and it's a great time to try out destinations because the crowds are not there right now. But I tell you something: in some places, they're coming back pretty quickly, no matter what. I, I you know, when you go. Uh, my experience so far is I'm thinking, oh, at the beginning there were there were no crowds, but we're starting to see crowds again. But that's so hurry up and get hurry up and get out there before it happens. It's like Croatia. Remember when Croatia used to be a great place? It was empty and there was no one there, and no one knew about it. And now everyone knows about it. So same thing. Get out there before everyone discovers that this is the best time ever to travel. Absolutely, I was there when there were a few people, and I love the country, and I'd love to go back, but. Uh, uh, Dr. DeLon, thank you very much for taking the time to talk about this. It's obviously, here's a, another case where the variants, uh, variant came in and caused a lot of consternation for the last couple of weeks, uh, even though it probably had been around for a few more weeks than that, uh, as we're learning later. But again, I think you know, your, your comments are quite valuable and, and sort of may put, put some perspective on uh, what's going on today with COVID. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Travel safe. You do, you as well, sir. And I'm James Schillinglaw, and this is Insider Travel Report.